Father, today I seek to preach your word in the power and boldness of your blessed and Holy Spirit. In doing so, I know this will cause no small stir. We need to be stirred today, Lord. We need to be stirred every day forward for your honor and glory alone. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, my Christ friends, I will start off today's episode with a confession. A confession to a horrendous crime. And it was called out yesterday by a prepare for bad times on Gab. He screenshot at my profile page and says, How does someone with seven total Gabs get 4,900 followers? And he tagged the CEO of Gab. So I must confess, my Christ friends, it seems that my Gab ratio is criminal. What a criminal. (laughs) Listen, I can't make none of this stuff up. And then we wonder why we continue to be in the Antichrist mess that we are in today. Brother Peter Crosby says, isn't envy one of the seven deadly sins? Well, envy is not good, that is for sure, my brother in Christ. And there is a whole lot of it going around that's keeping our eyes off of our focus and what what we need to accomplish. I think this person was just mad because I had posted a series of gabs, those seven gabs to be exact, and I called out the American, the America first Christian nationalist penis pick boys. We'll get to that here in a minute. Yeah, I said it. Penis pick boys. Sister Annette says, good grief, not allowed to preach the truth. They don't want the truth. That's the problem. They don't want the truth. They get more offended by a preacher calling out the stupidity, the hypocrisy. Then you wonder why turds rise to the top in this antichrist system of our day. And listen, my friends, until Christians understand that demons, demons are controlling the left and the right in America, these same Christians will keep falling for the growing delusion every single time. And yes, God is in control of these demons. We've said it, and I'll say it again. God either leashes leashes these demons or unleashes them. He is in control. He governs the nation, and woe to the nations whom these demons are unleashed upon. Proverbs 4.27, Turn not to the right hand nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil or continue to be subject to to being deceived by the growing delusion. We come to the uh, book of Acts today, and as we continue to read in chapter 19, verses 2 through 5, he saith unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, Unto what then were you baptized? And they said unto John's baptism. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him whom should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. 
When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Listen, we're living in a day where there are people who are proclaiming to believe, to even be some sort of Christian nationalist, and they haven't even made it to the, the baptism of repentance, John's baptism, let alone being born again by the Holy Ghost. Now, Snarky Warrior had replied to this on Gab, and by the way, I'm thinking about continuing with, after we have our private notes on Substack, uh, for those that are supporters, I'm putting down my notes and we're discussing them. And then Lord willing, I'm thinking about just posting them immediately after on Gab on a one-hour timer. That's what I did today. Glad I did. Uh, because Snarky Warrior had replied to one of the posts, uh, this post, uh, concerning baptism. And, and she says, good morning, Andrew. I have a few questions for you, for you regarding baptism. I was infant baptized through the Catholic Church. I left that church five years ago for a plethora of reasons, way too many to list here. I feel a much closer relationship to Father God and my Savior than I have ever had in my life. Do I need to be baptized again to be saved now that the Holy Spirit has opened my heart, eyes, and soul? And will that be considered a baptism of the Holy Spirit? FYI, I have yet to find a new church home, but I'm still trying Thanks in advance for your answers. You can provide me. Have a blessed day. Well, my dear sister in Christ, I am glad that we had this conversation today. I'm very excited about these things. This is why I do what I do. Now, I would definitely be baptized uh, since the way you are talking, it sounds like you have been born again. It sounds like that you have called upon the name of the Lord uh, for salvation. Now, as for your infant baptism, I wasn't baptized as an infant, but I was baptized as a young child in the Catholic Church, and I now understand that these baptisms are nothing more than a baby dedication to the Lord. So, if people still practice it, if you think that it washes away original sin or it washes away sin at all, you are sadly mistaken, greatly mistaken. But, if you consider it to be some sort of baby dedication, so be it. All I know is, is that baby needs to grow and come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and call upon him for salvation. Be born again. Now, as for biblical baptism, as we read through the Bible and we continue to study through the Bible, you're going to find that all biblical baptisms point to full immersion after a true conversion. And Snarky had replied to this, answer and reply that I gave her and she says thank you so much for your quick response I so appreciate your guidance on this matter as I am trying to get this right in the eyes of the Lord thank you too for sharing the true gospel of Christ with us well thank you thank you for the encouraging words and thank you also to our gospel supporters who chimed in today in our chat discussion with encouraging words these words mean a lot <laughs> believe me I don't get flooded with them. So when I do, I just want to say thank you for being a part of this. Now, we go back to these disciples that were baptized with John's baptism. These were humble men. Uh, they had a, a, a belief in God. They had a, a zeal for God. And in the previous chapter, we see that there was some instruction of, of born-again believers that 
said, hey, we appreciate what you're doing for, for God, uh, but here's what needs to happen. And that's why we see this conversation uh, today concerning uh, the uh, baptism and, and these disciples getting uh, rebaptized in the name of Jesus. And we know that based on their true conversion, their humble uh, conversion, and the fact that they were born again, we know that the Spirit of God indwelt them at that point because the indwelling of the Holy Spirit is not contingent upon another man. Nothing, nothing. It's not contingent. It's contingent upon the gift of God called faith. It's a gift. And the moment you receive that gift in its entirety, you are indwelt with the Holy Spirit of God. Now we read in verse 6, And when Paul had laid hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them. And they spake with tongues and prophesied. Notice it says the Holy Ghost came on them. This does not indicate an initial indwelling. This indicates an empowering. There is a difference. We know that the Bible says, Be ye filled with the Holy Ghost. And this was talking to believers. So we can grieve the Holy Spirit of God. This doesn't mean he vacates us. This means that he can be grieved and we can be filled with him as we seek him humbly just as these disciples did. Now briefly on this tongues issue. Tongues are a miraculous sign gift that were for the Jews. When the Jews saw this, they seen it was a sign and they knew it must be from God and many of them believed. Now this was during the apostolic times in establishing the gospel and the New Testament that we have today. Now this gave those believers the ability to speak languages, known languages that they have never learned. And Why was this so? Well, so that the unbelievers could hear the gospel. And there was only a few preachers in respect to the number of population, uh, the ratio. We spoke about ratio a little bit earlier. There was a small uh, ratio of preachers. Maybe that's so today as well. Maybe that's too why we're in the mess that we're in. But I'll tell you what tongues was not for. It was not so that believers can babble to themselves and before others to think that there's something spiritual. Verse 23, if therefore the whole church, this is in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 23. If therefore the whole church be come together in one place and all speak with tongues and there come in those that are unlearned or unbelievers, will they not say that they are mad? So I'm not even talking about some sort of mystery language. Just think about if you had five or ten languages from around the world being shouted out at once in a church service. Like like Paul says to the Corinthians, an unbeliever, so what the world is going on in that place? So, and you're going to see as you read, as we study uh, Corinthians, uh, Paul's letter to the Corinthians he was not condoning their practice of tongues. He was rebuking them for incorporating pagan tongue practice in the church. Yes, the pagans spoke in tongues. These ecstatic, fleshly, unknown, supposedly spiritual languages. So is that there have been times 
few times, a couple of times, where I've been in the presence of this ecstatic tongue speaking in churches, and all I felt was like a dark, eerie feeling come in. It, it wasn't of the Holy Spirit, that's all I can say. And therefore, when we when we find ourselves in those conditions, we need to be attentive to the Spirit of God as He dictates when we should move in and when we should move out. <laughs> oh, God help us. Because it's the Spirit of God that dictates where we should go and when we should leave. And all I know is if He says move out, we better move out. Acts 19, 8-9, and He went into the synagogue and spoke boldly for the space of three months, disputing and persuading the things concerning the kingdom of God. But when diverse were hardened, and believed not, but spake evil of that way before the multitude, he departed from them. So here Paul, he preached for a while in a certain place, but when the Lord said move out, he moved out. It says And separated the disciples, disputing daily in the school of Tyrannus. ...of airy and awkward conditions in a recent episode, I spoke on the sons of Sceva that we read about today. So, I'm not going to go back into that, but I will say this about these Christian nationalist grifters who have reached the headlines today because of what? You want to talk about some airy and awkward situations. These Christian nationalist grifters are headlining the news because of pedophilia tendencies. And I doubt the demons know these grifters by name. Why? Because they are no threat to them. None at all. Verse 15, And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? I quote this verse as I read the an article titled, Stop the Steal, Organizer. See, stop the steal. Organizer apologized after being accused of asking teen boys for D pics. The Daily Beast posted 17 April yesterday. And so it goes on to say after the title, good J off material. And then it says in the subtitle, I apologize for any inappropriate messages sent over the years said Ali Alexander, an ally of former President Trump and white nationalist Nick Fuentes. And all of this hit the headlines not long after I had just read an article from Chris at The Perdition. He posted an article on Substack entitled The Convergence of Christianity and Nationalism, Chris King of The Perdition. And he says this, he says, In recent years, the unification between nationalist ideology and Christianity has made headway across America. Of course, we use the term Christian loosely, since many popular Christian nationalists spend their waking hours trying to expose the corruption of their enemies while engaging in all manner of debauchery themselves. He says many of these grifter types aren't really Christians, but they are nationalists. Well, Chris, all I know is, is that if the America First Christian nationalism is still trying to impress me, all I have to say is, please give it up already. Because it's getting extremely embarrassing at this point. 
Now you know why these turds float to the top in an antichrist world. Now is there room for repentance? Has this person repented? Has Ali repented of this? I don't know. I don't know all the details. I know that this publication is a liberal one. Uh, I looked at some of his social media profiles. It looks like he went underground for a little bit. Is there room for repent, r- repentance? Of course. But here's the key. The key is to actually repent. And I do pray that these accused of these real crimes of pedophilia, self, even somewhat self-omitted, would do exactly that. But the fact that this nonsense continues to surface as some sort of Christian example and these so-called leaders of these movements that are leading without genuine repentance and without the willingness to confess the truth, it remains exactly that until then. Nonsense. It's all nonsense. And then we become a, the laughing stock of the world. I saw a tweet from Yahtzee Shackles that replies to this and says, Me watching Marjorie Taylor Greene, Ali Alexander, Nick Fuentes, and the current alt-right, far-right Republican establishment quibbling and infighting as more revelations are announced. When does it end? And I'll tell you this, my friends, fighting over who has solicited the most penis pigs is not Christian persecution. So what's going to, what's the new rebrand going to be for America First now? We went from Q to MAGA to America First to Christian nationalism. What's it going to be after, what's it going to be now after this penis gate? Craig, Craig Ock replied in our gospel supporter chat discussion. He says, Christian nationalism is just noise. We are kingdom nationalists, trusting that our God will justly reign when he returns, and that's truly the the key. I addressed this uh, today, and I've addressed this in the past because people keep on getting led astray. Instead of trusting in the word of God, studying the word of God, They keep on chasing after and following after these political grifters. We need to wake up. And that includes getting rid of porn. Verse 18 and 19, the many that believed came and confessed. Notice, they believed and confessed and showed their deeds. I'd respect some of these people, even if they were some sort of, had some sort of gay pedophile tendencies, if they confessed it and and clearly have repented instead of trying to brush it under a rug and give people uh, blackmailing them and, and giving them uh, gifts and offers to, to hide it under the rug. They confessed and they showed their deeds. Many of them also, which used curious arts, brought their bur- books together, brought their books together and burned them before all men. And they counted the price of them and found it 50,000 pieces of silver. I don't care. How much money you invested in your porn? Get rid of it. Because yes, it's all gay. I mean, how are you going to sit here and condemn uh, this, this, these gay solicitations of wanting to see penis pictures if you're sitting there looking at penises in porn? It's all gay. Now, the first clue concerning 
these Christian grifters, is that they normally do not preach through the Bible. They preach through their talking points, their, their denomination talking points, their political talking points, and their catechisms, but they do not preach through the Bible. And all I know is, my friends, is that where the Spirit is, the Word of God is magnified. And that's exactly what I seek to do today. Magnify the Word of God. Verse 20, so mightily grew the word of God and it prevailed. You want to see a movement prevail in this, wor- in this world? Grow the word of God in your life. Allow the word of God to be grown in your life. Because every day I get up with a purpose. One o'clock this morning. My mind started moving. But you know what? I could not imagine life without the Lord. I get up, I don't care if it's at 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, midnight. I get up every day with purpose. A purpose that this world could not give. Acts 19.21, after these things were ended, Paul purposed in the spirit when he had passed through Macedonia and Achaia to go to Jerusalem. He purposed, saying, after I've been there, I must also see Rome. He was on a mission. And all I know is when you're on a mission and you're preaching the truth, it never is a small stir. Never is a small stir, bringing us to the title of today's episode number 108. Never a small stir. Never, my friends. Verse 23, and at the same time there arose no small stir about the way. About that way. What's that way? Jesus' way. No wonder why they want to dime me out for my gab ratio. God help us. God help us. It's the same envy that's tied to money. Verse 25, whom he called together with the workmen of like occupation and said, Sirs, you know that by this craft we have our wealth. So here... These preachers are are causing a stir by preaching the truth and it's affecting their bottom line, their money. And we know that money is the root of all evil. We see this here. And it caused these men to double down on their idols and their false gods. In verse 28, and when they heard these things, they were full of wrath. Oh, they get mad. Oh, you step on their idols and God forbid you step on their money and they get mad. They cried out saying, great is Diana of the Ephesians. They doubled down and that's what the pagans do. And this, this uproar caused many to be confused, no doubt. Some wanting to side with the worshipers, the idol worshipers, and some wanting to side with the preachers. And some were confused. Verse 29, and the whole city was filled with confusion. And having caught Gaius and Aristocharis, men of Macedonia, Paul's companions in travel, they rushed with one accord into the theater. Now, along with this confusion, you're going to see that, and we see this today uh, concerning the Jew, that the Jew is a stumbling block of hatred for many, for many pagans even today. As for us Christians, we are not to hate the Jews. We are to love them with the truth. The same love with the truth that we love the pagans with. And we're to rebuke their Antichrist ways. But the pagans, 
they hate the Jews. They hate them all. Verse 34, but when they knew that he was a Jew, all with one voice about the space of two hours, cried out, great is Diana of the Ephesians. They double down and and it's very, very hateful. But all I know is this, my friends, there's very little time to blaspheme all of these, all of their false gods. There's very little time when all of our heart and mind and soul is focused on the true and living God. Verse 37, for you you have brought hither these men whither are neither robbers of churches nor yet blasphemers of your goddess. But the ratios on Gab may not be what you want. (laughs) This stuff makes me laugh. Now you know why I hate social media. Now you know why I stick and move. Oh, it's so ridiculous. Now, because of all this madness, because of all this corruption, uh, there is a day that the Lord is going to physically wage war on this planet. And there will be no question. We read about this today in Isaiah chapter 13. Beginning in 4 through 6, the noise of a multitude in the mountains like as of a great people. A tumultuous noise of the kingdoms of nations gathered together. The Lord of hosts mustered the hosts of the battle. They come from a far country, from the end of heaven, even the Lord. And the weapons of his indignation to destroy the whole land. How ye, for the day the Lord is at hand, it shall come as a destruction from the Almighty. Verse 7, therefore shall all hands be faint. And every man's heart shall melt. Verse 9, Behold, the day of the Lord cometh cruel, both with wrath and fierce anger, to lay the land desolate. And he shall destroy the sinners thereof out of it. Verse 10, For the stars of heaven and the constellations thereof shall not give their light. The sun shall be darkened in his going forth, and the moon shall not cause her light to shine. Verse 11, And I will punish the world for their evil. And the wicked for their iniquity. And I will cause the arrogancy of the proud to cease. And will lay low the haughtiness of the terrible. In verse 13. Therefore I will shake the heavens. And the earth shall remove out of her place. In the wrath of the Lord of hosts. And the day of his fierce anger. It is coming. It is coming. Even for the Babylon states of America in verse 19. In Babylon, the glory of kingdoms, the beauty of the Chaldees, excellency shall be as when God overthroweth Sodom and Gomorrah. Babylon always falls, including the Babylon states of America. And the white evangelicals are not going to save us. Stephen Wolf on Twitter had posted a screenshot of a Norman Rockwell picture with a white with a group of white men looking at a white man. I'm sure it's some sort of famous picture. But in the caption he says white evangelicals are the lone bulwark against moral insanity in America. And I replied to Stephen and I said, "You mean the Uncle Judas ones that've been selling out our nation for the past 60 years at the minimum to Christian Zionism?" All while waving the star of Remphan around. You mean those white evangelicals? God help us. God help us. You mean the white evangelicals that have been steeped in fornication and adultery? In pornography? Bringing us to our reading in Leviticus? 
Chapter 18 and verse 20, Moreover, thou shalt not lie carnally with thy neighbor's wife to defile thyself with her. This includes virtually men and women. It's evil. And so is the abortion in verse 21, And thou shalt not let any of thy seed pass through the fire to Molech. Neither shalt thou profane the name of thy God. I am the Lord. So is homosexuality in verse 22. Thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind. It is an abomination. So is the bestiality. Is evil. In verse 23, neither shalt thou lie with any beast to defile thyself therewith. Neither shall any woman, woman stand before a beast to lie down there too. It is confusion. And then I come across an article. And the first thing that comes to my mind is what in the literal hell? The title of this article says bestiality is legal in four states. Two are trying to change that. This is published on April 1st, 2021 by Route 50. And in this article, it says only four states, only, only four states, Hawaii, New Mexico, West Virginia, and Wyoming do not have laws that formally prohibit sexual abuse of animals, traditionally known as bestiality. The act is often a punchline, but it's also a documented precursor to other serious offenses, including sexual abuse of children, as well as interpersonal violence and other forms of animal cruelty, according to the proposed legislation. Then the Lord concludes this chapter in verse 24, starting in verse 24 and 25 and 28, Defile not yourselves in any of these things. For in all these things the nations are defiled, which I cast out before you. And now you know why America is defiled. Verse 25, And the land is defiled, therefore I do visit the iniquity thereupon it, and the land itself vomiteth out her inhabitants. Well, there's a whole lot of vomit going on. In verse 28, That the land spew not you out also when you defile it, as it spewed out the nations that were before you. We do not learn from history. Verse 29 through 30, For whosoever shall commit any of these abominations, even the souls that commit them shall be cut off from among their people. Well, today they're being raised up. Today they're given uh, trophies and participation awards. Verse 30, Therefore shall you keep my ordinance that you commit not any one of these abominable customs which were committed before you and that you defile not yourselves. Therein I am the Lord your God. I will close with a plea for help because we need help, my friends, from the Lord. In a reading in Psalm 108, verse 12 through 13, in closing, give us help from trouble, for vain is the help of man. Quit chasing after vain men with pedophile tendencies. Have you noticed that the left and right is filled with these men? Vain is their help. Verse 13, Through God we shall do valiantly, for it is he that shall tread down our enemies. I pray that this episode of Gospeled was a blessing to you. And if you would like to become a team member of this Christ work, simply pray. Pray that God would use this podcast mightily for his glory. Share the episodes wherever you can. 
and support with a subscription if you're able to do so. We are in this together, Christ friends. Keep up the good fight.